And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to one of my favorite plus minuses of the year. It is a road plus minus in Minnesota with the legendary John Krasinski, who, what did you have, like nine roles tonight? Were you, you were on a sideline, pregame? I'm sure you got a postgame story coming up. I think I saw you at one point out there playing backup point guard, maybe. They could use it right now, that's for sure. But, you know, like Slater, we got to take advantage. Not many people pay attention to the Timberwolves all the time. So when the opportunities present themselves, I got to do it. But my 15 minutes of fame are almost up, for sure. Well, who knows? It's a big win for the Timberwolves yeah. tonight. It's crazy how the standings go. So the Warriors open the day in fifth. And really, you know, they should win this game, and they would. I, I might have been tied in fourth with the Clippers. I mean, they're you know, and really, they're up fourteen. They're up eleven in the fourth. They end up blowing it, which we'll get to, and they're now in ninth because that's how the Western Conference standings work. That's how it is, and the Timberwolves know that exactly because they played Sacramento on Monday. Had they won that game, they would have been in fourth, and they lost, and they were down to ninth, and now they're back up to sixth or whatever it is. Now it's going to be that way the whole rest of this season, which is totally insane to watch the wild swings from night to night. Yeah, from a Warriors perspective, uh, this is a little bit deja vu. Um, they've blown a ton of games that they should have won. And, you know, there are various reasons for the Warriors to look at their record 26 and 25 and like, what the hell is happening? Why are we 26 and 25? Early in the season, it was like just like the lack of help from the youth and maybe some of the roster construction but we're to the point now at 26 and 25 the veterans can look in the mirror and they could rehash six or so games over time i can name some of them charlotte uh dallas boston uh the brooklyn home game recently where they had a 12 point lead with five minutes left where they just blew double digit leads fourth quarter leads four point leads in the final minute in charlotte uh, and then today i mean you saw it they're up 11 entering the fourth and Steph Curry started throwing the ball over the gym. Um, and he, as he said postgame, this, you know, you win those five games. What are they? They're 31 and, you know, 21. 31 and 20. Yeah, yeah 31 and 20. Yeah. And he's like, that, that flips the narrative about this team. And it does. But that's. It's what they're doing. It's mostly what their veterans are doing. Yeah, and it was interesting. We were talking to D'Angelo Russell after the game, and I asked him about the mentality of being down double digits to the Warriors, and he said it. He said, well, we know that they lead the NBA in turnovers, and so we knew we know that they were going to give us some chances to get back into the game, and so we just had to hang in there and take advantage of those opportunities. And so the book is out. Like, I mean, all these teams know that the Warriors are playing sloppily enough that you're never really out of a game and stay in the hunt and they will let you back in. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mentioned Steph, he had a few, like one, I know that they were kind of kicking themselves post game about was, uh, he, they're up 11 and he tries some like over the top, tough pass turns into a D'Angelo Russell three D'Angelo. I don't know what he ended the fourth quarter with, but halfway through the fourth, he had 14 points. He shot them back in it and they were off turnovers and runouts mostly. And then there was weird ones late where, you know, you're talking about, 
you know, Timberwolves score with two minutes and 30 seconds left to go up one. It's a pretty valued possession at this point. You're dribbling the ball up the court, and then you just turn to the sideline and throw it out of bounds. Like, just straight up, like, un, you know, tennis unforced errors, like double fault type stuff in, with match point on the line. Uh, and, you know, at a time in the season where they keep publicly being like, urgency is needed. It's time to turn the corner, all right? You're past the halfway mark. You know, the state – as bad as they've been, the three seed is out in front of them. Go get it, and then they produce another game like this. Well, and that's what was huge from a Wolves perspective is that they are in a battle, just like the Warriors are, but to be able to beat this team on your home floor when it looked like you were down and on your way to your second straight loss um, with the team that is below you now in the standings, like that's that's enormous for these guys. I mean, they didn't have Rudy Gobert. By the end of the game, D'Angelo Russell had fouled out. Jaden McDaniels was out uh, with some cramping. And so they scratched and clawed, and you saw it. Like Nas Reed was playing banged up. Torian Prince was hurt. Like all these guys were just like playing like it was game seven of a playoff series because there's no more margin for error. And so to like getting this win for them was almost like two wins to be able to just kind of put a team that's right around you down just a little bit and and get back on a winning streak after they let a game against Sacramento go in overtime on Monday night that they were not happy about. Yeah, and, you know, this this spirals the Warriors a little bit because now they head to Denver uh, on the second night of back-to-back. They played overtime again just as they did in Boston and lost in overtime in Boston last week or whatever it was 10 days ago, and then they rested everyone in Cleveland. Now, Ty Jerome and, you know, some of their other backups then went out and won that game in Cleveland. But they're in Denver tomorrow night, 42 minutes for Steph, 40 for Clay. I do not expect the big names to play. That isn't confirmed yet, but I don't expect that. And I also don't expect Ty Jerome and, and the, the Warriors B and C squad to, to stun the world again. Maybe it could happen, but they, assuming it doesn't, they're suddenly staring at a one and two road trip that, Two hours ago from when we're talking, it seemed like it was heading towards 2-0 and and like, you know, okay, you can kind of have a giveaway game in Denver. Well, it's no longer really a giveaway game. It's probably going to be given away anyways, and you're back at 500, 26 and 26. Yeah, and I, th- I think like that, is, when you lose a game like this, it really, you have to go steal another one somewhere else. So like that puts more pressure on a Denver game, and, and the Nuggets are playing really well, and and especially at home, they're really, really good, and the Warriors are not good on the road, and so it, it would not seem to be going their way. But um, that, that's what the Timberwolves basically felt coming into tonight, that after giving away the game against Sacramento on Monday, they had to go find one that they were not expected to win. They were not expected to win this game, especially with Gobert out. And, um, and so for them to get that, it's like, okay, you can at least clean one of those bad losses off of your schedule because you got a really good win for it. And so now the Warriors are in the same position. they got to go find and steal one that you might not expect them to win somewhere along the way. Yeah. Um, the Warriors start small again. You know, they're committed to this lineup that has tallest players, Andrew Wiggins, uh, former Timberwolf Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. who had some guests in the locker room postgame. Still somewhat, I don't want to say beloved here, but... I, th- I think, like, yeah, Wiggins was not well-liked while he was here. In the, within the organization, everyone loved him. Like, he's a great guy, great teammate, 
everyone loved him from a like community fan standpoint. A lot of just frustration that he was a number one overall pick, that he did not turn out the way that they wanted him to turn out as a franchise guy. But since he left and went to Golden State, I think that a lot of fans have been kind of happy for him that he's found a niche, he's played really well, got to the All-Star game, won a championship, and you can't be mad at Andrew Wiggins. He's just too nice of a guy. And so, um, and they're certainly happy here because Edwards is becoming that player that they always wanted Wiggins to be. So it's a little less uh, sour grapes. But um, And now that D'Angelo Russell is shooting the way that he is, now at least the trade stings just a little bit less for them because he's been really good for the last two months for them and is helping them a lot. They have a big decision to make at the trade deadline, yeah. huge one. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, Andrew has a lot of fans here because he's just such a good person. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. D'Angelo Russell's like life is always in question at the trade deadline. Like, <laughs> yes. What is this, like his fifth trade deadline probably that he's been? Uh, you know, staring at some unknown. You know, but I was mentioning the small lineup. Um, they're continuing to try it. They seem quite committed to it. It's not – I don't think it's been terrible for them. It was actually really good in the first quarter in Oklahoma City. I don't know what the final numbers were today. It seemed like it was kind of struggling late. Um, it's really small. You know, Looney's now playing back of center. They don't have nearly the, the you know, punch off the bench. Kerr really shortens the rotation. He goes nine-man rotation in the first half, which includes Anthony Lamb. Anthony Lamb doesn't play in the second half. It's an eight-man rotation in the second half. Looney, DiVincenzo, Kaminga. It's really who he trusts at this point. Lamb would be nine. Jermichael Green on some nights I think might edge into that ninth-man role. But um, let me ask you, do they feel thin to you when you watch them? Do the Warriors feel thin? Yeah, I think a little bit. It looks like it feels like they need another move um, for sure because I, I I understand especially why Steve Kerr went small against these guys because the Kings went small in the overtime against the Wolves, spread them out. Rudy had a hard time with that, and they they really folded. And so um, you know I think that they expected the same thing. The the big thing for the Warriors in this game, like like the Wolves get hammered on the glass all the time um especially when they're small like they were tonight with Nasrid at center and not Rudy Gobert and so for them to only win the rebounding battle by five um actually get out rebounded on the offensive glass like the Wolves never out rebounded well, Warriors don't hammer anybody on the glass so it was uh not strength against, against strength yeah yeah, weakness yeah and so like yeah but yeah you look at it and um you know, Looney's a solid warrior dude, um, but, like, where's the pop? Like, that, that is going to come off the bench to give them some sort of boost um, when Steph sits, when Jordan Poole isn't, like, rolling the way that, um, the way that he can. 
And it, it feels like, yeah, like this is a team that is going to need something to give them a little bit extra gas um, because they, they just don't quite have enough there. Yeah, I mean, these are the nights where the lack of trust in a Moses Moody, yep. who you thought was going to be a 20-minute-per-night sturdy rotation player, and he hasn't been, um, and they've kind of given up trying to see if he can become it, at least at this point. James Wiseman, obviously, we don't need to get into that saga. Yeah. Um, but he's DNP, I think, for a fourth straight game tonight. Uh, and... I think part of it is because a lot of the, those guys are going to play big minutes tomorrow, and it was like almost like they went pedal to the metal for this one. Felt good with a condensed rotation. If they do pull it off, if they just don't, you know, throw it up in the fourth quarter, uh, then you're probably going, you know, solid coaching job. Go with the Titan rotation, get the win, give the young guys tomorrow night. But then, as you know in sports, when you do lose, it's like you go bigger picture, and it's like, you know. It would be nice if Moses Moody could get on the floor. He's been good. You know, they sent him down to the G Leagues scoring like crazy. I personally wouldn't mind seeing him get another shot. I uh, can, will continue to say I think he there's a rotation player in there. But they're not even attempting to find out at this point. Yeah, no, he. I mean, like to not see the floor against this team, especially that is bothered by quickness, athleticism, I mean, I was even just a tiny, little, tiny, teeny, tiny bit surprised they didn't try Wiseman um, at some point because the one thing that Nas Reed really struggles against is size and mobility, and Wiseman can do that. Um, but but Nas like is not afraid of going at Draymond. Is not afraid of Looney from that way. If you match him up against uh, someone of similar size, he's very skilled with the ball and can attack uh, that way, and then doesn't also get just punished defensively which is they've been hemorrhaging points when Rudy Gobert is off the floor um, and Nas is on but tonight they really locked down I mean 21 points in, in the fourth quarter and overtime to the Golden State Warriors is unheard of 21 points in in uh, 17 minutes yep I believe the Warriors were 0 of 10 from three uh, in the fourth and overtime 0 of 5 in the fourth 0 of 5 in overtime Kerr was killing their shot selection late, killing the turnovers, said they weren't boxing out. You mentioned the rebounding that never tilts to the Minnesota and did. Uh, add it to the list. Another bad loss and, you know, a C-minus of a season from the Warriors so far that their only saving grace is these Western Conference standings, really. Yeah, and that's what, I mean, that's what the Wolves tried to look at big picture when they struggled early. I mean, with Cat and Rudy, and they were 16-21 and 21 at one point, but they weren't buried in the standings. And I think that's the good news for the Warriors is they are not buried. They're still right there. You just go on a little bit of a run, and you're going to climb the standings real quick. And, I mean, Austin Rivers was telling us in the locker room, he's like, they're going to be there. They're going to be a deep playoff team. I don't care what the record is right now. But I do think from afar, it does seem like a team that has won so much, but is just expecting to flip that switch. And I think the switch is a little harder for them to flip than it was before, given their sh- uh, the, the lack of depth, given the age. age. Yep. And you know the other one, and I don't think it gets talked about enough, the hunger's not a, yeah. It's just not there. And, like, I'm not saying it's not there completely. I'm just saying it's not what it was last season. Last season was this, like – really invigorated quest to like reclaim their mantle really kind of put the stamp on the dynasty and you know look they did like you know everyone saw that title last year that didn't feel like a normal nba title that felt like a you know a crowning of like a career achievements like a legacy defining punctuation point 
okay, will you wake up again the next season and it's like have that same hunger? It just isn't there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you see this in every arena, but this was the most electric Target Center's been all season. The Warriors have carry a target on their backs, and this team, the Wolves, like laid it all on the line. And they, you know, Austin said it to us. He's like, these games mean everything to us. And I, you, you cannot substitute or manufacture that hunger when sometimes when you've had so much success and when a game in February in Minnesota, when it's cold as hell outside, like it's, there, there's no way that they should get up for it the same way. But that is a challenge for them because they are just, they have to get the, the haymakers thrown at them every single night because the Wolves are going to walk out of here and these fans are going to walk out of here feeling like they won a title because this is their barometer. And, um, and I just, you know, it's got to be hard to match that intensity, you know, for 80, 82 nights a year. I wonder if the Warriors wish, they would never say it publicly, but wish Gobert had played tonight. You know and- what? I, I, I wonder about that too. Um, I do think that it has been a push and pull with this team so far. Um, in terms of playing with Rudy, uh, it is unconventional. It's harder for them. They believe they play better. Some of the players, not all of them, some of the players believe they play better without Rudy. And so they play a little more freely, certainly offensively. Um, you saw what Nas Reed did. I mean, 24 points. Rudy Gobert's not going to do that for you. Um, and he came up with some huge buckets for them. And, but uh, they're, mu- they're just light years better. Uh, pun intended, defensively with Rudy on the floor. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, but I do think that uh, it would have been interesting to see because there were some players in that locker room after the Sacramento loss that were not happy that Rudy was on the floor against a small Kings lineup. And so they just played with a lot of confidence uh, with Nas Reed out there, and and uh, he, gave, he gave them buckets, and it was big for them. Yeah. <sighs> The perpetual plight of Rudy Gobert uh, against small lineups. I, the, the you see like Rudy Gobert had a. I mean, I assume it was him. It said Rudy's kids on it. it there yeah. was this. Uh, yeah. It was this uh, roaming it, it like robot, robot, robot yeah. and it on the panel was like kids from I don't know maybe France or something uh, on Zoom and uh, you know I don't know if Gobert sponsors it or whatever, but it was just roaming around the arena pregame. Like going into places, going out towards the court, going towards the locker room, and just it was just kids on Facetime, like well, getting an experience of the inside of an NBA arena. There was even players stopping and saying hello to them, and it was said Rudy's kids, and it was like it almost looked like a robot vacuum that yeah. was going around with them. I don't know. I just felt it, like bringing that up. Yeah, no, it was cool. It's, it just showed up the last two games now, and um, it the kids are from are like uh, not they're really ill, like from a children's hospital in France. And and um, and so Rudy has kind of got a partnership with the group that brought this this uh, robot in, and it is it's for kids who can't ever go to games, who never get that kind of a, of an experience, and the the robot follows them into the locker room, follows them all over the place, and tries to give a little pick me up. So it is it's a pretty neat thing that he does. Sounds like a, a you'll soon read it in the <laughs> Athletic from John Krasinski. Uh, all right, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. And uh, when do they come out to the bay? Like they do come out to the bay. Um, it's not until March. I think they're on the road for the, the whole of March. So hopefully, I'll be out there and uh, and see you guys. But always good to see you, man.
Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel like a, uh, you know, I would say the one thing, of you know, this has felt a little bit more rivalry-like the last few years with obviously like the Wiggins Town stuff, D'Angelo Russell, the trade, all, all the stuff that's happened in the past few years. No Towns on the floor tonight. I think with what Wiggins has done, like that storyline I think has moved a little past, as you mentioned. It, we're separated enough with even D'Angelo Russell that it didn't feel like that didn't feel like it mattered at all today yeah no I, I don't I don't think so either I do think that it felt like the le- previous couple of years it had turned up a notch because Towns and Patrick Beverly like to talk some trash and I do think that some of the players certainly on the Warriors but elsewhere love to go at Rudy Gobert for whatever reason it is like they love they they love to you're attack correct. him <laughs> you're correct and so being that Rudy was not in the game uh Towns was not in the game Patrick Beverly is playing and getting technicals and and with the Lakers there's not the same sort of toxicity and I think that there's a lot of respect that the Warriors have for Ant um and they they see him as a worthy adversary maybe as opposed to their views of some of the other Wolves um that have come through here and so just was a totally different vibe that way Agreed. All right, John. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll talk to you in March. Maybe there'll be a playoff series between Man. these two. Who knows? Like the West playoff bracket could go any direction at this point. So uh, maybe this is that's the direction it'll go. We will see. Thank you for coming on. All right. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.